Welcome to Tigers Untapped, a Bluff City Media podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, TJ Willis and Trey Leslie. Pull up your chair, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. What up, what up, what up? TJ, Trey, back for another edition of Tigers Untapped. TJ, Christmas week. Merry Christmas, my man. Merry Christmas, my dude. Or Happy Hanukkah. I think Hanukkah started also or right around the corner for, I think, does Kwanzaa start the 26th too? Just the holiday season in the spirit. I will say, though, I don't like, I I love the holidays. It's my favorite time of year. But we're at the point now where we play, uh, this is coming out Wednesday. We play Alabama State tonight in basketball, and then we don't have another game until like the 29th. 29th, yeah. I hate that. Such a long break. I guess it's good for the team, though. Yeah, it's a little weird, but you got to think from like the family's perspective, you kind of want to be home to an extent. So, yeah, get the guys home, let them see the fan. Yeah. But hey, for me as a Tiger fan, I want to see as many games as possible. All right, first things first before we dive into some basketball, what are we drinking tonight? Tonight we have get the old top tap, make sure we don't explode everywhere. This is Crosstown Animal Frequency, a hazy IPA, which I happen to be a big fan of hazy IPAs. You're, so. you're a big hazy guy, right? I do love Shout out to this can. Dig in the can. There's a lot going on here for sure. uh, Folks out at Crosstown. I think we've talked about this. Crosstown, Wiseacre, like our top two. Yeah. Cool little tap room and everything. Definitely try them out if you haven't been there. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll Hmm. enjoy that. All right, TJ. Last time we talked, we had two big upcoming SEC battles. Um, I think actually our last episode, it was recorded prior to the Bama game, yeah. but uh, released afterwards. So yeah. technical difficulties there, but um, went one-on-one. I think everybody talked about it heading into that kind of a, a stretch of you had four SEC games with a uh, kind of a little rock squeezed in there in the middle of them. But people were saying you go two and two, you feel pretty good. Hey. Three and one sitting here now. Three and one, I'll take it, right? Uh, With a real chance. I mean, you had a real shot at Bama. I mean, stayed in the game the whole time despite what? I think we missed 11 bunnies in the first half. Um, And then the dreaded 8% from three, right? You were 0 of 11 until... That's wild. Keontae, his only three-point attempt of the evening, literally the last shot the of last the shot. game. Um, it, you know, you knock down another three, you even... Oh, missing 11, Bunny. You make three or four more of those, and it could be a totally yeah. different game. Isn't it crazy? It comes down to the easy things. And I think the Tigers actually shot relatively well from free throw, which is normally like make your free throws rebound. That's kind of like the easiest thing for them. You do those two things. The Tigers have a good chance to win and not making your layups. Come on, man. Like, yeah, it's almost, it was almost like that third thing in there. Yeah. I mean, we were getting such good looks too, right? Like, um, it's just sometimes, I guess it's just sometimes it's not your night. Right. So unfortunately, but Katie say the team on his back. Go ahead. I was just saying, Katie put the team on his back. Thirty, dropping thirty on them. Fools, five assists, four steals. Katie had a. Uh, we kind of talked about it going into that game. Him being in a little bit of a mm-hmm. slump, if you will. And he came out of it. 
came out of it down there in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, probably his. I don't want to say his best game. Definitely not his best. Definitely not his best game. But when you think about, I mean, drop thirty points. I mean, how many games are you going to drop more than thirty points in a season? Yeah, I mean, he was fifty. That's so hard. Fifty percent from the field, eleven to twenty-two. Didn't make a three, which I feel like I don't know what's happened. I mean, he shot what thirty-seven percent from three or right around there the last two years at uh, SMU, and this year. I mean, it just feels like he's dropped off. I've, you know, he's making maybe one a game, sometimes two, but 0 of 4 at Bama. Everybody was just struggling from beyond the arc at Bama. But uh, I don't know. Something, uh, something's in the water down here that even, uh, even Kendrick's kind of fallen off. So he's <laughs> shooting 20, 29%, I guess, Oof. from three. And yeah, shot 30. 37% his previous two years. This is by far his lowest percentage um, from three in college. He has not shot below 31% in college until this year. And what's wild is I swear every time he played us, couldn't miss. Couldn't even convince him to miss a three. So it's just a little wild that he couldn't make one now. So, Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, a solid showing. I mean, it is uh, it is frustrating in the sense that that was a really big opportunity, right? They we talked about it. Uh, mm-hmm. They just come out of winning at number one Houston, kind of got them maybe in what could have been potentially. I mean, I don't look at us as a trap game, but tough little stretch there. They had at Houston, us at home, and then a neutral, if you will, I guess it was in Birmingham versus Gonzaga. So it would have been really nice to to kind of get that, especially now as we sit here uh, three weeks into December. And now you thought Auburn was one, but you still don't have a quad one win. Um, so you're sitting at 0-1 in quad one. Hopefully you think Auburn gets in SEC, they start knocking some teams off. Obviously they probably will lose some games as well, but – you know, if they can steal a win against Bama and steal an Arkansas win, they may be able to jump back up in that top 50 and then you get a quad back there. But, um, you know, outside of the remaining Houston games, I think at UCF is your only other opportunity for a quad one. So I know we keep talking about it, but they're important. And you had, you had what you thought was one and it's kind of already fallen out. So we'll kind of see how that goes. But that would have been a huge statement when, I think for uh, the Tigers and would have been really big come come March and seeding time um, to try to get on your resume, but not a game that they were projected or anybody really probably thought that they would win, but uh, still one that you had an opportunity there at the end and and could have stolen on the road for sure. Yeah, absolutely brutal week really for the Tigers' schedule, the strength of schedule specifically, like all your quality wins, what seem to be decent quality wins are just all the SEC teams struggling today. A&M just, so we'll talk about A&M, A&M great atmosphere Saturday night. Another, what you felt like was a solid win. I mean, they were a preseason top 25, top 20 team won the NIT last year, brought a lot of that team back. Um, Added uh, Dennis, Wichita state guard, like, I mean, a respectable ball club. They've just kind of struggled a little bit early. So even though uh, you you play in them, they're not what you know. They didn't come in ranked like you thought maybe they would, uh, but still figure it would be a decent win. And then they turn around today and lose to uh, 
freaking Wofford. So oh, yeah, Wofford. There goes that. But um, nonetheless, good good to beat the Aggies at home. I mean, you got up what thirteen in the first half. Um, kind of let them come back there in the second, but you're also, I mean, we got into foul trouble, had some injuries. Keontae out, which was super strange. A con- a severe concussion, I think, is what they were saying. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, number of people have gone back and looked at it. Nobody sees a play in the Bama game where it appeared that he got hit in the head. It supposedly didn't happen in a practice in between uh, Tuesday and Saturday. So kind of a weird situation there. Um, obviously, Malco is still out with a severe sprain. Um, I think Jaden tweaked something in his hip in the AM game, so he was kind of sitting. Alex, I think, did something to his calf, they were saying, so he was kind of a little bit iffy. Um, and then from a foul trouble perspective, I mean, you had three guys foul out, right? You had uh, KO foul out, Demario foul out, and then DeAndre, who we've talked about it, I feel like, this whole first half of the year, but specifically kind of coming out of that Orlando tournament where he just took himself totally out of the Seton Hall game yeah, um, and then fouled out of Bama, right? Fouled out with like three and a half minutes left or something. Yeah. Talk about how important it is for him to stay on the f- the floor. Literally the very next game he's able to play in, he sets an NCAA record and logged not five, TJ, but count them, six personal fouls. I think the first time in history that that has happened thanks to him getting his fifth foul and then also a technical on the same play. So uh, shout out DeAndre if you're listening. You're down in the history books for six personal fouls in a game and sport in which you were only allowed five fouls. So that's kind of impressive. Talk about highs and lows for him, man. It, it just, if he could stay on the court and then obviously some things have to click for him, but there's sometimes that he can be the guy for this team and everything can kind of run through him, even with Kendrick on the roster. And it's just, it's wild how you can rely on him so much and feed him and feed him and feed him. And then other games, you can't account to get 20 minutes from the guy. Like he's constantly just, you know, if it's a low hand on a back or something just so dumb, uh, the technical, the other game, the the technical at the end of the game kind of, that's what I think of. It's just little stupid things. I mean, that could have, you've got to control yourself. That could have been really bad. Yeah. I mean, four free, I think we were up six at that point. Yep. You gave them four free throws and, uh, I mean, luckily they weren't getting the ball because of the foul on the play, but it wasn't a dead ball technical, but uh, or it wasn't a live ball technical. Yeah, it was uh, after the foul call, but yeah, that could have been awful. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was already putting Had the that, team in a terrible position. Yeah. So we got to figure out a way. Coach Hardaway said they talked to him. I think Kendricks mentioned it, holding each other accountable. Um, we got to figure out a way for for uh, I don't know what he if he needs to do some meditation, yoga, whatever he's got to do, <laughs> call, calm himself down, because the man is uh, wears his heart on his sleeve out there. I'll tell you, he's, he's one passionate. Thing, one thing that I took away from the A and M game, and I think pretty much everyone is screaming at this point, is Jonathan Lawson maybe that guy. Which is, I was going to ask you about this. Three for three from three, three of six from the field. Three from three from three. 
he is now nine of 15 on the season from beyond the arc. Clearly. At this point in time, least. our, our best shooter. Mm-hmm. So what, and, and it's, I mean, it's a team that needs that desperately. That is the sure. one, if there is one fault to this team, it is shooting. So how do you, I mean, you, I feel like you got to find a way. And I don't, I mean, he's totally bought in, right? Kudos to to J-Law. Mm-hmm. He talked about a post game. They asked him specifically about like, you tweeted out, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. What did that mean? And he was just saying, I've heard the noise. I've heard people talking about why isn't coach playing him? Why isn't he able to do this? Blah, blah, blah. And he's totally bought in. When his number's called, he says that's his opportunity to go out. But to me, if I'm on staff, like, how are you not figuring out a way? I mean, you just yeah. played in, and maybe that's, maybe this is it, right? Maybe they understand now after you go one of 12 at Bama, hey, we got to give Jonathan an opportunity to come in early. If it, like he what, first half, right? He made all three of those and I think like a six minute stretch. Yeah. Even if it's first half and just say, hey, maybe if we can't, if we can find him out there, he can knock down a couple threes. That could be the difference in the game. And it could have been against Bama, right? If he had found his way in there, was able to make a three or two, like at the end of the day, that could have been could have been the difference. But uh I don't it's weird to me that he hasn't gotten more playing time, like we said, given that that mm-hmm. is the one weakness, glaring weakness of this team. The obvious yeah, the the most obvious weakness. Yeah, you have a good point though. And I'm curious if it's almost a situation similar to um, a Lester, for example, like Lester was a very good three point shooter, but it wasn't in high volume, right? I think Lester shot three or four a game. Can Jonathan at least be that? Can he give us three or four attempts per game? Like I, that, I think that's not a yeah. hard ask by any means. And you know, it's not go out there and just screen or whatever you need to do to get Jonathan seven, eight attempts from three a game, unless he's going to start hitting them at a wild clip. But I think just trying to get him those shots, get him those looks that have been. Uh, set up for other guys or even just just find a way to give him a chance to kind of yeah. get a set number of shots up. Yeah, and he's not – I mean, you're, we're watching him. He's not the dude that's going to come down and, like you said, just going to be mm-hmm. throwing a three up in somebody's face necessarily. Like, he's finding his spot on the floor. Defense is rotating. Kendrick penetrates. Somebody else penetrates, kicks it out. The ball's whipped around the top of the key. He's found open. Like, it's at that point in time. And to your point, like, even if he's taken – just two or three a game, he makes one or two. That's all you really need, right? Like yeah. we've talked about it. If you can go um, five, if you make five, six, or seven a night, I think you're in every ball game. We've mentioned that before, right? And yeah. that's what that's what they did against AM the other night. We were, uh, what was it? Five of 14 from three. That's perfect, right? Won you the game. Yeah. I think that's perfect. You were 36% from three and 63% from the field. That's all you got to have. We're not asking the the ticks to come out and be Bama where you're going ten of thirty. Yeah, you have thirty attempts. Just wild. give me, just give me five of fourteen on a nightly maybe, six of fifteen on a nightly basis. Maybe take a couple of those attempts away from Demaria. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to write the plays up. Yeah, that's weird. He doesn't have a bad looking shot, and he drilled that mid range J. That's fine. I'll take that. Uh, and he hit, he hit one three the other night, but like, didn't he? Yeah. yeah one of five. Yeah. You see maybe what I'm cut, saying though? Like maybe maybe we just need to cut his clip down a little bit. Get that down I, to no two one on or the three. Team. 
and make one or two. That's all we're saying. No one on this team should be taking five threes a game. And I understand if they're sagging off and kind of giving you that open look, take you wouldn't that give, step up. You wouldn't give Kendrick five threes a game? Not at his current percentage. I don't know. I, I, he, Kendrick's he might. He might. I don't think you right set caps he, on him at all. He, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He might be right around five-ish a game. That's probably so, right, right, yeah. He's attempted 60 on the year. What are we, 11 games in? Mm, yeah, yeah, he's, he's over. He's just over five a game. Kendrick, keep shooting. It'll come. You'll knock yeah, it down. I'm not. Dude can do whatever he wants. I'm not going to tell him no. Yeah. But, uh, again, nonetheless, it was a good uh, – Seemingly a good win. Hopefully A&M can, sure. like we said, somewhere to, to Auburn or even Ole Miss, who lost to North Alabama today, which is not helpful in the least. To go back not to your point all. about our opponents not giving us any sort of help whatsoever. Um, but hopefully A&M can – I mean, they seem affordable enough that they could Definitely. win a couple games at home against teams that they're probably not favored to win against, and that probably all evens out in the, at the end of the year. It's a little. It's still a little bit early. It's hard to not look at the net for me. I mean, it's a daily thing, mm-hmm. especially because they update it daily. So I'm constantly yeah. like, "Where are we at?" Um, but I think as you get later into January, it'll it'll start even itself out. Everybody's getting into conference play, and you have a better understanding of where you're truly at. I mean, from a the biggest thing for me is just seeding. Like I think we're a tournament team. It's just you want to be higher in the net, get a better seed, um, and hopefully win a couple of these i think you got what do we say three potentially four uh quad one opportunities left so if you could get two of those i think you're in a good spot uh right now i think lenardi has this projected as a six seed which signed me the heck up right now uh palm i think has this at i was how about jerry palm had a second eight or he has he has a nine he has a set of nine playing purdue thank you second round and i would Give me a 10 over the eight, nine every day. But I will, Lenardi, sign me up for a six right now. Speaking of which, <clears throat> we were looking at this and you and I were talking about this right before we started. You're about to enter a stretch of all of January and most three weeks of February where you are favored mm-hmm. in every single, it's 14 games. We will not. Most likely, unless we drop a couple we shouldn't, you will not be an underdog until at Houston on February the 19th. 19th. I mean, that is almost two months from today. Do you that's yeah. 14 ball games? Do you think that the Tigers can go 14 and 0 over the next two months? So I look at that anytime someone tells me I'm favored in 14 games. I don't feel comfortable with that because when you look at this, like on the long stretch of basketball. Yeah. I, I, the games don't seem that hard. Like South Florida's kind of, kind of awful. Tulane's decent. I mean, you say that oh, Tyler's wow. going to come in here on the 29th and light us up. There was a period in time that. where Tyler was like five of 50. No joke. I don't even remember. Like the first couple of games. Oh yeah. Not he's good. He started out rough. I don't think he made a three his first, their first three games or something of the year. No, it was something he real was bad. Over. But then he went like five of eight, just doing Tyler things. First 48. Yeah. Anyway, if you look at the schedule, it, it's really not that hard. And that's obviously why you're favorite, but then you have some two lanes, you have some UCF kind of sprinkled in there and they're, they're just tough enough that, I don't go in with full confidence. 
And obviously, like I don't go in fully confident. You don't know who's going to be healthy already. We're kind of dealing with Alo banged up. You're dealing with Malcolm banged up. Yeah, that's the like, other. How thing. many times does Kendrick go down holding his ankle? Like, stop. Hey, he didn't do it the other <laughs> night. That's good. That is true. But it, you just never know, right? Fourteen sounds incredible, and you're like, they, sh- yeah. The you look at it, yeah, they should win fourteen straight. But you just never know with these injuries and things like that. Yeah. No, yeah, metric metric wise, I think you should you should we should look up February Sunday, February nineteenth, heading to Houston, and be fourteen and and zero over the last well fifteen and zero if you count A and M fifteen and zero and M since you lost to Bama, the Mm -hmm. toughest you mentioned it would be I think at UCF we've already talked about it potential right now at least a quad one they're fifty seven in Kempom and sixty eight I think in the net right now so today. That would be a quad one win. Um, and obviously probably your toughest game during that stretch. So let's call it 14 and one at the worst, just slip up at UCF. Going into that Houston game, I feel like I'd I mean, I'd be in a pretty good spot being what, uh 23, 23 and, and four. 23 and four, and four yeah. at the worst if you drop one to UCF or drop I mean since he could maybe be one of the tougher if the two and that it's UCF and I would say at Cincy just because they're both away games. But uh I mean I'd feel pretty good and you'd have a quite a bit of momentum heading into that Houston game down at uh down at Houston. What about uh SMU? That's a tough test. I didn't I mean I knew that they were bad, but Timothy they are <laughs> Two, they are the worst team currently in the American at three and seven and two eighty seven in the net. Who's ranked higher? They Alabama are State or SMU? Bad in the net. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I gotta find uh I gotta find where Alabama State is. I'm gonna say SMU's gotta be ranked higher than Alabama State. I mean that's SMU no is 184 in Kempom if that helps. Oh, Kempom wise, it's easily SMU. Alabama State's 352. They are by far wow. metrics the worst team. Yeah. By 27 slots that we've played this year. Which we've talked about this before. Yeah. That's the kind of team that you've got to come out and Just absolutely bury. because we're looking at it. That I mean, that's the kind of game where even winning it, like Basically, I mean, it still hurts you. It does yeah. you no good, right? And I, I get it. We're playing, uh, you know, Tony's there. So, like, yeah, they're 343 in the net. They are 1 okay. in 10. I mean, you have – you got to – we're projected to win by 30. And I would be surprised if we win by 30. But, you, I mean, you got to win by 30. I mean, ideally, you win by 35 or 40. But we got – I don't – I think it's been an out. I don't think Alo's playing. He's resting – what we thought was a calf, but I think he came out and said it was his groin. Yeah, his groin was hurting, mm-hmm. which I think Coach Hardaway talked about it. It sounds like it's him, maybe kind of overcompensating for some of his ankle soreness and tenderness. He's kind of utilizing other, which in the kinetic. I'm no scientist or uh, doctor, but uh, in your kinetic chain of events and muscles that makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Didn't you do a little PT study or something back in the day? I did, yep. Yeah. Give us your professional almost opinion on that. Yeah, that's probably exactly what's going on. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
the groin connects all the way down to the ankle. It makes sense. Kind of. Not literally connected, (laughs) but it's all in line. You know what I mean? Unless it's like his left ankle and his right groin, then that wouldn't make a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, to that, you'll have Malco out anyway. Alo out. Will Keontae be back? I don't know. They said I was told severe concussion, which is very concerning to me. I mean, that sounds like, you know, granted, you're not getting smacked on the head all the time. It's not like football, right? Where you're getting smacked around all the time, but severe concussion to me doesn't sound good. So, you think. Did Keontae walk is, into is a door? Back. I don't. I've asked Kenny that the other day on our uh, our post game. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, we've started doing Twitter Spaces after games. So check us out at Twitter at Bluff City underscore nil. Uh, no ask Kenny that. Anymore. No underscore anymore. I asked Kenny Get that. Get rid of it. I don't. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I know what you're referencing, just, and there wasn't a real door involved in that. Uh, there could have been a real door involved in this one because I don't think there's around. anybody. I don't think there's team made issues in this on this team. I'm just saying, it's you weird. Watch that game. I watched that game. I didn't see anything. This, I have been like told be a concussion. I've been told the staff watched that game, and they cannot see any instance when his head was hit and he got hurt. So I have no idea. Whatever. I'm not. But I'm hope, not trying to get anyone in trouble. Hopefully, so. he's fine. Hey, Will. If you guys have listened, Will has told us he's been in the locker room a couple times. No issues. Everybody loves everybody. Ele. I don't think anything like that went down. I just something happened. You don't think it's yeah. disciplinary, do you? A concussion. I can't call it one way or the other. I I can say that. I watched that game. I didn't see anything that looked right, like it we'll was a concussion. We'll leave it at that. We're not we'll just, Yeah, I mean. Something happened. We don't know. Hopefully he's back. Um. Anyway, yeah, let's – we had to come out, stomp Alabama State on – Uh. I mean, I know it's TJ, Tony coming back, but you got to obliterate him. Yeah, that's actually an interesting game too because it's, um, it's just basically a giant Memphis game, right? You oh yeah, TJ Madlock. You got well, except um, for the the East boys. Tony Madlock playing. Well, I know, but cool you still to have see a, them. See them Dwayne all matched Posey, up. Amar Knox. Like they're a couple of Memphis guys oh, on their roster. I forgot Alex Amar. Anderson. I forgot Amar Knox was ended up there. Is he about to light us up? Absolutely not. Well, I don't know. Probably not though. I'm gonna say no. I feel pretty confident saying no. I'm trying they to do see have a guy. If there's a. Uh, that doesn't look like there's a line on the game tomorrow yet. They do have a guy, just to let you know, Isaiah Range, who absolutely crushes threes. Does he have, and I was about to say, does he have range? Sounds like he does. Isaiah Range. He is 23 of 50 on the year from three. So I, I'd say that is. My guy's shooting good. 60%. Him and J Law. Yeah. Well, I think 66 is the math, but yeah. whatever. I'm not doing great math. They do have yeah, a guy shooting sixty percent, but I, I don't, don't think that's. I don't anywhere. see. I don't see a line open for tomorrow, but I'm going to assume it's going to be like twenty-eight and a half, twenty-nine. I and imagine half. it'll be a lot. And, and I'm going to, if you're a betting man or woman and you're listening, I would take the under, mm-hmm. not the under. I would take us not to cover. Yeah, not cover. I know what you meant. Probably also the under, just because that doesn't look like Alabama State's going to score much. 
Benny's going to be nice to his friend, but yeah, like, call call the dogs off. I mean, hell, they lost to UAB, one eleven to seventy. If that gives you any indication of what kind of team this is, mm-hmm. how do you even score seventy on UAB? Yeah, it don't matter. Whatever. They have. They are very. I mean, they shouldn't score more than fifty points on us. It's probably fair. That was their highest uh, highest offensive evening. Like it was against yeah. UAB, seventy points. That's why I was surprised why you scored seventy. Like, where did that come from? Because you haven't scratched it since. They've played oh, a, a tough little tough little schedule with UAB, USC, Pitt, Pitt. Uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, Arkansas State. They're on a little uh, Jones Boogie Memphis trip here. Arkansas State, and then here, Madlock's just down there trying to ca- collect cash, visiting yeah. everywhere he can. All right, anything uh, else basketball wise you can think of, Teej? Before we get into uh, no bowl mania, first responders bowl down in Dallas next Tuesday, the twenty seventh. Tigers and Utah State, uh, 2.15 kick, I think, on ESPN. We opened at a 10.5-point favorite. Last I saw, it is 7.5, over under 61.5. We talked about a little bit about this, I think, two weeks ago. But uh, how important is it winning this game? I'd say relatively important. I mean, A, there's the bowl streak going on. Granted, it's not really about bowl wins necessarily, um, but just really kind of packaging signing day, packaging uh, the transfer portal, packaging this bowl game, and really just trying to turn everything around after that six and six year because a lot of people had a bad taste in the mouth after the second consecutive six and six years. So really you're trying to do anything you can to say, hey, 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 we we kind of messed up and we're going to flip it and fix it right here, right now, starting now and kind of package yeah. all this together and flip it into this new season. So I, yeah. I'd say pretty important. Yeah. To your point. I mean, you got quite a bit of, since the regular season ended, you've kind of ramped up with Seth announcing he guys announcing, they're saying fifth or seniors announcing their comeback for their fifth year. You've hit the portal hard. You've gotten some, you know, later commitments from some pretty impressive guys like, you got momentum moving in the right direction. And so winning this only continues to propel that momentum going into the, to the winter and then spring camp. Right. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about it two weeks ago, like I said, but I just, you can't drop this game. You can't, I mean, especially as a more than a opening is more than a two score favorite, like, and you know, we've looked at it. We've watched a little bit of tape. Utah State played better the second half of the year. I think what they won five straight to get bowl eligible before they lost their. Um, I think they lost, they lose their regular season finale to Boise State, mm-hmm. um, and it. I mean, to be honest, that was a five point game with like um, three minutes left. They were they were only down twenty eight twenty three. I think Boise ended up winning by twenty, but it's because they got several late touchdowns. Um, so definitely turned it around on the second part of the year. But I think a team that you've got quite a bit more talent than. And, uh, you know, they've had some injuries. I think uh, it wasn't, wasn't Logan Bonner their quarterback to start the year. 
Yeah, some out, Tiger so. fans should be familiar with. Yeah, and Blake Anderson, the coach. I mean, we're we're familiar with Blake as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I just again, it's a a team that they're not great. They only scored. I think they averaged twenty three points a game. They're giving up over thirty a game. Like, I think it's just to me, this is a game you got to win by two scores. Just yep. like you said, continuing the momentum going into the to the winter workouts and then just into the spring. You want to finish, just like you said, finishing six and seven and losing to a team that is very, very subpar. I mean, would be just ugh, all over everything. Yeah, fully agree. And it's one of those things where Memphis not only scores more points, they put up more yards, they stop better teams. And putting up more points and more yards, it just yeah. the two things don't mesh. Like so, in all in all reality, Memphis should win this game pretty handily. Now Vegas seems to think something's up if it's only a seven and a half point spread. So I, do with that what you will. I would probably take the over just because it's kind of what Memphis does for the most part. Um, I don't. Did you say the over at all? Yeah, it's sixty one and a half. Which I don't. I don't know that I love given. I mean, maybe, maybe. I don't oh, know. I think if Tigers they've, just gas it. I don't think this is anything for them to be conservative. You know, is this isn't something. Ryan's kind of played the nice guy for a long time. You know, um, what was it? Win with, uh, what was the statement? Win with class. Win with class. I, I think he says class at this point. I think he knows that he has something to prove and that they've got to make it. Hey, it's, it's winter break. Kids are out of class. Leave the class at home. <laughs> just, just win. Win with all gas. Just gas it up. I I think that they are going to want to score a lot of points and score every. I hope so. That they I can. would. I would love nothing more than to see us put up a fifty berg in a bowl game two days after yeah. Christmas. That would be. Uh, that. that would be quite the Christmas gift for me. Exactly. Amen, dude. Freaking imagine. Be it. A, a, a recruit that has not yet signed their letter of intent. You know, those guys that pretty much everyone signs now, right? On the 21st, I think it is, on the early signing period. So anyone who's left over to sign in that, in the normal uh, national signing day, and I think like the first week of February, the first couple of days. Yeah, February. I think this is a sign to them. I think they go out, try to score as many points as possible, saying like, hey, get on train now. Because there may not be a spot for you come around later. So that's choo, the way I would choo. look at it. So I would try to make a big statement here. Swag. All right. What uh you're talking about throwing up points. I mean, offensively, what do you, what do you see uh the Tigers doing? I mean, well, we talked about it, Utah State giving up over 30 points a game. Um defensively, I think they give up close to 400 yards uh from scrimmage so mm-hmm. i mean not i mean that's not horrible by any means but uh yeah they get 400 yards 200 passing 200 basically very i mean they are a balanced as heck defense 198.4 mm-hmm. on the uh, through the air 198.2 on the ground feed let's feed asa and sutton that's what I expected. A big game from Asa, honestly. I think since we've seen him kind of come more into the light, it's been Asa running the ball. It's been Asa catching the ball. 
you and I have talked about it. He is as close to Tony Pollard as we have had in a long while. The guy can really do it all. The chance, yeah, he's just got to get the ball. You got to put the ball in his hand. Guys have to block, kind of make the holes happen. But yeah, Asa does his part. You and I are both big on Asa. I would, I, I've said it. I said it the other day when he said he was coming back. So shout out, Asa, if you're listening. Glad you're coming back for your fifth year. I mean, he's to me, and we haven't seen a ton of Sutton yet. But Ace is a bigger, mm-hmm. he's bigger than Sutton. But Ace to me is our most balanced, well-rounded back that we've had. We just haven't given him enough touches, honestly, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would love to see them as a one, one, two duo out of the backfield. Put it, let's put up 200 yards rushing. Let's get, hey, we went all season long back dating back to last year against Navy. We have not had a hundred yard rusher. Sutton or Asa. If you guys are listening, we know that you are. Give me a hundred yards, but let's get a hundred out of both of you. Split it right down the middle. They give up two hundred. You both get a hundred. Forget about the non-hundred yard rusher for what twenty games or whatever it is. Oh, that's disgusting to say. That right. is one ninety-eight. By the way, that is the one hundred eighteenth rushing defense. So not give great. Or take. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to take 15 teams worse than not great who? Run. Not great Bob at all. Definitely Shout not great. Shout out to Bob. Mm. All right, what do uh, what did the Tigs have to do defensively to keep Utah State down there at that uh, under 25 points a game margin? Yeah, I think the big thing is is watching uh, Cooper Lagos Legas. I don't know anyone pronounce that dork's name. I'm gonna say Lagos because at least sounds cool. Um, surprisingly, the Tigers' defense is actually pretty good this year, and I know you probably wouldn't believe that if you watch some of the games and kind of given up some late yardage. But 62nd in the nation in total defense, which is probably the best defensive mark they've had in a while, and several probably dating back to Barry. It would be Barry Odom years, yeah, I think so. And that actually may be better than when Barry was here. Maybe. I don't know. Barry had, had him in. Like I'm pretty sure we had a 40. top 50. Yeah, I think we were definitely top 50 one of those years. Yeah, I'm looking at now. So 2014 is the one I'm I'm curious about. I think that – They were 28th uh, in, 2014, in 2014. Okay. That was the – So that would be the best defense since 2014. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I was going to say. That was the uh, – Boca Raton against BYU Bowl or the Miami Beach Bowl. Miami. That's yeah, that's the Miami year Bowl. I was gonna say. It's nice. Pretty good, I think. He that, uh, you know. in those highlights against uh, Boise, he was kind of he threw for three oh six, but he they ran some mm-hmm. design QB runs, which uh, I still have PTSD against any quarterback that can run. I mean, he's not a great rusher by any means. It doesn't look like, but um. Worries me a little bit. Six one two fifteen, and he seems capable of running if he needs to. So when you say that, it makes me think of when we played East Carolina, and we kept Ailers in check as a running quarterback. Uh, pretty much any rushing quarterback we've played, even if you take Navy in account, we pretty much shut him down. Yeah. The only time that I think we've got except beat by a running quarterback is freaking uh, Clayton UNA or Clayton no. Tune. Freaking fourth Play and two thirteen. That, it doesn't that matter. One run. It's, it was the biggest run of the season. Our season turned on That's that. That's probably run. fair. Fourth and thirteen. 
my yeah, general point diving at ankles and doing jumping jacks in the middle of the field. My general point is I think that Barnes does a really good job of scheming. I think that he's actually a pretty good defensive coordinator. So when we sit down and we, we target on one specific player or one specific thing, they do a really good job. And if you think about it against Tulane, it, it wasn't just Tajay Spears, right? I think it was really the backup. And then with um, East Carolina, it was the backup running back there. And they were yeah, trying to stop the that quarterback. Dude was quick, so though. He was very good. Keaton Mitchell had his, but it, the other guy was pretty uh, kind of cutting us up pretty good. So I'm not generally worried about this. The uh, the Aggies do have oh, a – At this point. But just because I said that. A pretty good running back, though, in Calvin Tyler Jr. He's a smaller guy, 5'8", 200, but he's a 1,000-yard rusher, seven touchdowns mm-hmm. on the ground. Um, so somebody to keep an eye on there. And then receiving-wise um, – I got a couple decent receivers. Brian Cobbs, 6'2", senior, 840 yards, four touchdowns, 70 receptions, leads the team. And then um, they've got another guy, two others, one that could be a match. They don't throw to him a ton. He gets like three catches a game, I think, but could be a nightmare matchup. Justin McGriff, 6'6", 215. I don't know who you're putting on that man. Don't he's he's got four touchdowns, only 450 yards, but that could that sounds to me like a uh, matchup nightmare for the the Tigers defense. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it was very similar against State when uh, they played Ducking or whatever his name is out there. It's yeah. just six four. He's just too big. Just, you, can't, you can't really physically. Well, I mean, what are you doing with some? You got smaller DBs. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and then their second leading. He's just this is another smaller guy, five seven. Kind of like a little uh, Tank Dell from Houston, uh, fifty-two reception, five six hundred yards, five touchdowns. So, um, I mean, they got some playmakers, some smaller guys, could be speedsters. Hard to see out there on the field, but uh, I think, like you said, I think the Tigers' defense. This is, it may not have felt like it at times, but definitely statistically, one of the best defenses we've had, like you said, since two thousand fourteen. Um, other notable something to keep an eye on third and fourth down for the Aggies third down wise they are horrible 32% third down efficiency for first fourth down however they go for it quite a bit they've gone for it 33 times 55% conversion rate on fourth downs (laughs) and I'll tell you this what worries me special teams is Cost us some big plays this year. Utah State loves fake punt and fake field goals. So keep an eye out for that Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if they don't run a fake punt or field goal at some point during that game and us fall for it. Well, hopefully we're up by 30. So, so Bankins, if you're listening, the fake is coming. They do it like almost every game probably. Pretty much every bowl game, yeah. Or every game. And they got nothing to lose in this game. Uh all right, let's go to uh let's go to our our first Tutty predictions. I was going to say Reese Corn. I'm going Asa. 
but I think I'm going to change it up and go Asa as well. Yeah. And, it, and it's just because, like, he finished the year so strong. Feed, like, feed Asa. You got to feed him. You got to feed him. All right, give me your uh, offensive player in the game. Uh, Seth Hennigan. I think Seth would kind of put it together. We are wavelengths. I was going to say Seth, but I'll change it up just because you said it. I'm going to go Asa. Okay. First first hundred yard rusher of the season. Give me two tutties, offensive player of the game. Okay. All right, I think one thing we didn't think about is who the heck is playing in this game and who isn't. Like, is Quindell playing? Guy has no reason to. He's been but... practicing. He was hyping him up in a video that I saw yesterday. He's playing. Is everybody playing? I haven't heard uh, of anyone I mean, not playing, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Obviously, BT's not playing. Yeah, labrum surgery. Uh, I mean, I would – Quindell would be the only guy that I th- – I mean, I would say would be questionable. I don't see yeah. why anybody else would sit out unless they've already decided to transfer. Which speaking I mean, of transfer... I think you will have transfers after the bowl game. We were told that yeah, yeah, yeah. guys like getting their bowl swag and then they deuce out, which is so lame to me. It, like your bowl swag's not that cool. Well, they gave you a freaking Seiko watch and five hundred dollars to Old Navy. Those drawstring bags, bro. If you're not if you're not all in, get, go ahead, get the heck out. You ain't sticking what do you think around they're gonna... for no bowl swag. What do you think they're gonna do at strong safety? With uh, with old boy in the portal, with Hastings, yeah, Hastings is in the portal. They're gonna is it as simple? I as mean, we talked Joel? about this. Do you not think it's Joel, or do you think it? Uh, you think they? I mean, I that, we we talked about it. I feel like it's yeah, it's Joel. They like what they've seen out of him so far, and um, he just kind of slides into that spot. But okay. I, I I'm not disagreeing with you. I think Joel is the easy one to write in there, but it could be LD Polk. It could be Paul. Well, we uh, did see Paul Cameron Smith later like in the year. A couple of guys I could throw back there. Yeah, I just I feel like it's it's probably uh, Joel. Yeah. But we'll see. So I mean, definitely something to keep an eye on, right? Like even they maybe there's a transfer that they're going after as well, or something that we just haven't seen yet. Yeah. Uh, speaking of safeties and de- defense, give me your defensive player of the game. I will go with Zay Collins. Send him out on a high note. Easy. Yeah. I'll, easy I'm going to go Quinn, Quindell. Send him out on a high note. Give me one more. Two good picks right there. Either one of them I'd be happy with. Big sure. games out of those two. Um, all right. Give me your final score prediction. I will say Memphis 45, Utah State 24. I like that. See, I was going to go 24 for Utah State, but I don't know that I was up there at 45. You got a lot more faith in us putting up a big number than I do, I feel like. Yeah. It's kind of my downfall. What did I say the over-under is? 61 and a half? 61 and a half, yeah. I'm going to go Tigers Oh, see, now I'm feeling like I need to account for a field goal. Mm. 
Okay. Tigers. Stick. Twenty four is a good number, huh? I do. I like that. It's right at what they score. I feel like. Uh, yeah, I'll stick with it. Plus, right I, at, I don't know right if you need to. Score. I don't know if you need to take this consideration, but the Tigers will be wearing their all gray uniforms. We which did the swag factor kind of boosts the. We scoring. did. I is that that's got to be gray lids with blue stripes. You think the chrome blue stripes, or you think they go um, logo? Probably the logo. They, they've been practicing in the gray. I don't know if you saw that practicing in the gray lids with the blue stripes. Uh, I think that's that's what it'll be. That's typically yeah. they're not going to. Which is weird that. to me. Why? Why are they practicing? Aren't they going to have to redo? That? I guess there's probably not a lot of hitting going on. Yeah, but say you're not not having contact right now. Yeah. So yeah, we'll uh if you're into that kind of thing, Tigers wearing those Utah State and all blue. Be a beautiful looking game for Tiger fans. Blue and gray. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Um to close out football and the episode, we've had some big commitments over the it's continuing to roll. I mean, this has been two and a half weeks running now. Yeah. But uh you got a couple more. The last few days, in uh, we landed a couple of transfers. So the punter uh, mm-hmm. from Arkansas, Bauer, Reed Bauer still yeah. need still need a kicker though. He does not kick; he's punter only. Another transfer in the uh, Old Dominion running back Blake Watson, who will spend his fifth year here. So a thousand yard rusher. I think he's a th- over a thousand last year for sure. Yep. He was right at that. Mark. I don't think he quite hit a thousand this year, but right at the mark. Um, mm-hmm. Smaller, shiftier guy seems like. And then uh, a couple of JUCO commits and uh, Chris Morris, big commit. And then Navarro College linebacker CJ Johnson, who is the Navarro College teammate of uh, Marcus Tillman Jr., who is now is just playing games with our heart, committing, decommitting, reback, committing. I think he's locked in, though. We'll see what today's the 20th, tomorrow's signing day. Hopefully yep. he signs tomorrow and is locked in. And his hashtag all in, but nonetheless, a couple of big gets still, like we've talked about, seems like defense, offensive line are still a uh, a top priority. Definitely. I'll ask you this though. Not Blake Watson wasn't the only running back. We've also gotten uh McNeely committed as a running back too. How many running backs do we need, DJ? Is this uh, a sign? Many... Is this a sign of things to come? Are we about to get a mass exodus out of the uh exodus out of the running back room? I don't think so. I, I think what this is is Memphis saying, "Hey, we're going to bring in guys, and you better be ready for to compete." You know, don't come here unless you want to compete. And for guys like Blake Watson, I'm pretty sure he's at the end of his road here. So it's an interesting move for him. Yeah, um, I don't follow ODU any, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on or why he had a reason to leave there. It seems like he was getting a bevy of touches. Um, but I think that's really what it is. You know, it, it could mean a sign of, hey, after the bowl game, we're expecting some running backs to to leave and go elsewhere, to look elsewhere for more carries. Um, you got to think, Ace is coming back. Ducker should be back. Um, Brandon Sun Thomas. Back? Uh, yeah, Brandon Thomas coming off that shoulder surgery, so not really sure when he's going to be back. Sutton should be back. Um, Kofi should be back. I mean, we're already at six guys now. So A lot of know, guys. Only, only one ball to go around. So it, it's not that I think they're trying to push anyone out. Only but I one think they're ball. T- yeah, I think they are uh, <laughs> definitely letting them know that it's a competition and we're going to take the guys who can work. You know what that just made me think of? Lance Armstrong. 
No. Well, that is not at all. I was not thinking about uh, testicular cancer. I was thinking about Tommy West and the team that had Duke Calhoun and Carlos Singleton on the team together, and he never would play the both of them at the same time, and his response was because there was only one football. Only one ball. I mean, I mean, how tall was Carlos Singleton? Like 6'8", Duke was 6'4". Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, Carlos, you play those doo-doos Carlos might as well have been 7'5". Yeah. Seven five one fifteen. The dude was a beanstalk, but he was. I mean, who's guarding him? I'm now. I got me looking up how how tall he was. We played him in high school. He was from Brownsville, uh, the Tomcats. I'm pretty sure he was like six seven, six eight. Yeah, six seven two twenty five. Carlos, yeah. what He's a big guy! What a baller! You just throw it up to him. Let him go get it. What are we talking um, about? All right. Any uh. Any other recruiting transfer news you can think of? Um, Jamari Chislam, you forgot about him, the tight end. He's also from Hutchison. I think we may have talked about the guard, R.J. Adams from Georgia Tech. Yeah. And then um, and we touched on – Oh, Chandler Chan- Martin. Chandler yeah, Martin and, and Derek Hunter, mm-hmm. uh, I think, last episode. So yeah. um, only other thing um, – Harvey Broussard came out and said he wasn't signing until the later period in February. Is that concerning? I mean, I think yeah. it's got to be right. Yeah. Like you want your dude signing tomorrow or today, if you're listening on Wednesday today. Just any time there's more time between him joining your roster or someone else's, it just makes you uncomfortable, right? Because that yeah. just means he has a month and a half for yeah. LSU, for La Tech, for anyone from his home state to come in and say, yeah. hey, and he he's had he has this? good offers. I mean, he's, oh, he's got great offers. he's got Power Five, Arizona, Arkansas, Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely concerning. Definitely something to watch. Hopefully, we can hang on, and uh, he does end up signing in February. But uh, something we'll have to keep an eye on as we move into the spring. For All sure. right, Teach. On to the brew. It's okay. Again, it's I am not, a hazy it's IPA not, guy. It's not my favorite hazy that I've ever had, for sure. No. And I've learned this. One thing is very consistent. When I try beer and I don't like it, there's always one culprit, and it's malt. I don't – if I drink the beer and my mouth is covered in malt, I freaking hate it. It drives me nuts. I don't know why. I mean, it's not a comfortable feeling by any means. It's not. It's like I'm – Drinking liquid velvet. Hey, shout out it. to this can though. You looked at this can. Yeah, it's pretty pretty dope. I don't. This is this may touch on with somebody out there. I don't know, but I grew up went to Doctor Chrysler as my pediatrician. Shout out Doctor Chrysler. He had this room. One of the rooms at his office was like a safari esque, and this can is really reminding me of it. Just all the animal. Look at that. How it goes from like cheetah into birds. That's a cool touch. Yeah. You got an elephant on there, a tiger, giraffe, cat. You got two. Is this two like gorillas cheer, cheersing each other at the top? They both have a brew. Yes, that's 100% what's going on. I'm digging this can. It's a good can. There's you definitely a lot going on. TJ right there in the middle with a snake wrapped around him. The snake around me. That was triathlon. It looks like TJ. For sure. That looked like you when you did triathlon. Mm, something like that. This might be one of the higher rated cans I've had. 
definitely a lot, of art, a lot of artwork went into this. Yeah, it's definitely a cool can. It, unfortunately, it's a cooler can than it is a good beer. Yeah, this might this might be one. I think the can's higher rated than the beer for sure. Can I'm gonna go uh, like a seven seven. It's a good can. That's I mean, fair. It's not the best can in the world, but that's a great. That's a good can. Relative can. to most of the cans we've been seeing, good can. It's a good usage of all the colors. I'm gonna say, say seven one. I think it's a good can. It's definitely a good can. Seven one. All right. So sevens. That is a that's a great can score for us. It's a good can, man. Um, beer wise, I just I don't love it. I mean, no, not great, Bob. And again, it's, like it's just okay. I'm not yeah. like dying to go get another animal frequency, but like if you had a cooler of these at the house, I mean, I would grab one. If I just blindly reached in and this I pulled this out, I'd still drink it. But I'm not like drinking seeking out a six pack of animal frequency. Absolutely not. I don't even I'm know gonna... that I could I could probably couldn't drink two of these back to back. Yeah, and that's kind of where I draw my score as well. It's like if I could drink two of them, it's gonna I mean I would I would drink it again, but I'm not like I'm not going downstairs to get another animal frequency right now. No. Mm. So for me like a like a six two. That's kind of on par with where I'm at. I, I was probably gonna I say mean, it's, six three. It's fine, but, but it's not like it's not, not super right, bitter. I, I if right that makes you feel good. But yeah, you got the, your whole malty things now. It's there. I feel it. Yeah. All right, Teach. Mm. Uh Last episode before Christmas, so everybody, or holidays, anybody, happy holidays. Happy follow holidays. us at Bluff City NIL on Twitter. You can follow Tigers Untapped on Instagram, wherever you listen to us, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Give us a rating, review. Tell us if we're awesome or we suck. We like constructive criticism too. So Yeah, go for it. Um, wherever you find us, give us a like, give us a follow. We appreciate it. For TJ, this is Trey. Come with the cold beer. Stay for the hot takes. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Tigers Untapped, please leave a like and a comment wherever you download your podcasts. Head over to BluffCityNIL.com for comprehensive coverage of Memphis Tiger Athletics. We will see you back here next week.